What's up? Welcome back to Microfamous. I love today's topic about my thought leader heroes, um, not just because it's deeply personal, which which it is, but I'm going to pull out some lessons that I think are really applicable to anyone that's in the thought leadership game. And I want to give you a quick definition of what thought leadership is, because you know I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone that I really respect, someone who speaks all over the world and writes books and things like that, made the offhand comment that, oh, oh hey, someone calls me a thought leader again, I'm going to punch him. And I get it. Uh, the terminology, it's been abused and abused and all this stuff. Unfortunately, to me, it's the it's the best, least bad option we have, if that makes sense. Some people might say guru. Some people might say something else. Um, speaker, author. I like that one. You know, those are statements of fact. If you speak and you write books, then you are a speaker author. Thought leader is a label that other people give you when they start looking to you for leadership based on your ideas. And I know of no other better term that encapsulates that kind of thing. Like you look at someone like John Maxwell, who deeply impacted me from an early age because I got stuck in a leadership class at school. The one year I went to a private school in, in high school, I took a leadership class where his book on leadership, I think it was called Influence or something like that, or the what, 22 Immutable Laws of Leadership, whatever that book was, that I still can't even remember the title today, but I remember the content and it deeply impacted me and it shaped my view of leadership and actually ignited uh, or helped fan the flames of my passion for leadership in general, which is part of why I'm in this business. John Maxwell is a thought leader. He impacted the world through his ideas. And to me, that's what a thought leader is. Uh, I'm going to give you some other uh, earmarks when we get into the rest of the episode. But if you have uh, a struggle or if you're not comfortable calling yourself a thought leader, first of all, don't worry about it. Don't call yourself a thought leader. Let other people call you a thought leader. Let other people pick out the terminology that they use, and maybe they'll come up with something better. But to me right now, when I refer to people that are speaking, writing books, coaching, consulting, advising, training, or in any way, leading people to get results through their ideas, to me, that's a thought leader. So we can call it whatever we want, and in different fields, it has to other names. But to me, what encapsulates the, really the entire concept of that is thought leader because you're leading through your ideas. You're not leading on the battlefield. You're not out there playing the game with them. Uh, you're not coaching from the sidelines. You're not able to be that involved. You're leading through your ideas and your ideas are what makes the biggest impact. So I want to give you some names here and people that you might uh, be familiar with, some you might not be. These are some of the people that sprung to my mind when I talk about the thought leaders that I admire and respect the most. Now, there's plenty of other names I could have added to this list. You know, honorable mentions would be people like Perry Marshall and Dan Kennedy and, uh, well, Michael Michalowicz. And man, there's the, there's a whole long list <laughs> of, uh, of names that would make the honorable mention list. But I wanted to give you kind of the top five of the thought leaders that I really look up to and admire and respect the most for various reasons. And uh, I'll give you some of those as we go through here. So first, the, the one that came to mind was Tim Ferriss. Obviously, his platforms are his blog and podcast. He is extremely analytical and logical. I love the way he approaches things. I love the blog posts where he breaks down how he thinks about something because he thinks like nobody else I know. He approaches things so, so much like an engineer and an architect to break things down into their component parts and rebuild things better. I love that approach. It's heavily impacted how I think and approach problems. Derek Zivers is another. Uh, you may not be familiar with that name, but you're probably familiar with the concept that he popularized, which is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. That came from Derek Zivers. Uh, he is an entrepreneur and a musician who started a company called CD Baby, ended up exiting for about 20 million, rides off into the sunset. If you're on the introverted side, you might know that he is an INTJ on the Myers-Briggs. 
Um, and he is, uh, again, one of those guys that can analyze something and really pierce right to the heart of a challenge or a situation and come up with a simple rule, a simple rule of thumb to deal with that challenge. I love that approach. I love every, just the way that his mind works. Richard Koch is the next one on the list. Uh, you might be uh, familiar with him as the author of The 80-20 Principle. You might not know that he's gone on to write many other books, which are also equally fantastic, called The Star Principle, Simplify, and his latest uh, Unreasonable Success, which was also amazing. He's an ex-consultant. He was a um, Boston Consulting and Bain guy and then went out and started his own. And he ended up being a half billionaire through less than basically 10 investments, less than 10 key investments. And he spends his day almost exactly like my, uh, you know, mornings for work, uh, afternoons are for exercise, for reading, for thinking, planning, strategizing. Uh, you know, he basically communicates with the people that he's invested money with. Uh, and that's most of what he does for work. So very similar schedule uh, to what I run. Even though he could be out there speaking all over God's creation, building this huge brand, he's a half billionaire and is content uh, to make his impact through the books that he writes. And then he does uh, podcast interviews to get out there. Uh, the next on the list is Seth Godin. And I would put Seth Godin in this kind of interesting category that I would call a marketing philosopher. Uh, he is very good on the tactics, but he's not uh, interested in social media, as, as am I, not very interested. I love his approach. He's been consistently publishing to his blog for over two decades. He hosts a podcast called Kimbo, uh, which has surprisingly for a marketing guru's name, something that I don't understand at all. And I have no idea why he named it that and it has nothing to do with marketing from the title. Uh, but it is a fantastic podcast. And he's one of those people that he understands the philosophy of marketing at a very deep level. And I love that about him. And finally, one you might not be familiar with, depending on the circles that you run in, Mark Sisson. He is the publisher of a blog called MarksDailyApple.com. Uh, he's one of the uh, OGs of ancestral health or primal health, primal eating, that sort of thing. He wrote a book called The Primal Blueprint. Uh, he consistently publishes on his blog. He's built a huge audience around his kind of primal approach, primal blueprint approach. And then what he ended up doing was around his concepts, he started a food company, which he eventually exited for $20 million, or excuse me, $200 million. $200 million exit. Just absolutely insane, right? Started a food company around his primal health concepts, which he ended up sending a, uh, selling, I believe, to Kraft. So those are the ones that sprung to my mind. Now, let's get into the lessons that each one of them uh, can teach us overall, just kind of the ones that I, I think a lot of them have in common. So the first thing is all of them have the same drive, the same impulse to where they cannot help but teach, train, and lead. So if you take, for example, like when Mark Sisson was on Rogan's podcast, he didn't perfectly promote his own book because he he just basically said, he, he's like, look, this is the same stuff I've been teaching for over 20 years. Now, this is a little bit different format and we're trying to reach a little bit different audience that might not know the Primal Blueprint already and all this stuff. And basically, he just goes on Rogan and teaches Rogan about health and fitness for two hours. He can't help but teach. I love those people, sometimes the most of all, the ones that they are, they're so driven to teach and to train and to lead other people that they spend so much time doing that, that they're not always perfect at promoting what they do, but you just, you want to get into their world. They're such givers, they're contributors. They're always giving, giving, giving. And as a result, you, your, your response is not, oh, I need to go get their book because they only gave me a taste of what they've got. You, you go, holy cow, like I wanna unlock that guy's brain and just download it into me, please. Like, where can I get his blog? How can I get his podcast? How can I get this and that? Because I wanna crack that guy's skull open and just dump all the contents into my brain so I can know what he knows and apply it immediately. 
I love thought leaders that are like that. When they leave me with that impression, that makes me want to get into their world. It makes me want to get into their email list, not just to get some freebie that they're giving away, but because I want to know what that guy thinks today. That's, those are the kinds of thought leaders that I really look up to. Here's the second thing that I take away, which is that uh, the, the thought leaders that I really admire, they design their life to suit themselves and their personality and not the demands of others. You know, if you listen to Seth Godin talk about what kind of speaking gigs he takes now, it's all based on proximity from New York City and the, the travel logistics. He's got one price point if it's easy. He's got another price point if it's hard. <laughs> uh, so basically, if you, if you offer me a speaking gig and I deem it hard, I'm going to charge you two or three times as much because he's got a great lifestyle. He enjoys his lifestyle and he's worked hard for it and he wants to preserve it. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, he doesn't say yes easily. You know, Tim Ferriss is another one that used to do all the events and travel all the time and all this stuff. And now he just shows up uh, at the events that are strategic. And otherwise, he's running his podcast. He's writing his books. Richard Koch is the same way. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he lives in South Africa, splits time between South Africa and I believe the south of France, if I remember right. He has a couple of places around the world and basically keeps the same schedule every day. And I love that. Um, he ma basically manages all of his investments through email and phone calls with the founders that he has invested in. And the rest of his time is spent mostly in things that contribute to making really great decisions on his next round of investments. He's not looking to invest just to invest. He's only looking to invest in companies that qualify as a star business and ones that have the potential to radically simplify in the category they're, they're in or create an entirely new category. So he's thinking and, and reading and strategizing so that when he gets an investment opportunity, he makes a great decision. He's not just putting money out there to put money out there. So they all design their lives to suit themselves and their personality. They're not giving in to the demands of others. I love that about those particular thought leaders that I admire the most. And finally, none of them appear to be driven by the latest marketing trends. You know, they've all found ways to build an audience and they've done it in ways that suit them and then they stick with it. You know, Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin, they have their blog and their podcast. You know, each of them have both. The others uh, use a lot of podcast guest interviews to reach more people and promote their books. I would love to see them start their own podcast. Derek Sivers is an interesting example because his podcast is just his guest appearances on other shows uh, repackaged and, uh, and put into his quote unquote podcast. He doesn't actually run episodes of his own or interview anybody else. I would love to see him do solo episodes where he talks about things that he's excited about and he's working on right now rather than just what people ask him about on other episodes because it ends up being a lot of the same questions. And I wanna know what he's thinking about what's going on in the world of business right now, not just what uh, people ask him based on things he's done five and 10 years ago. So the other two, like Richard Koch doesn't have his own podcast, Mark Sisson, as far as I know, does not have his own podcast and they absolutely should because the same thing, I wanna know what those guys and gals are thinking every every day, basically. I wanna know what they're thinking. You know, for, for someone like Al Reese, and, and Laura Reese, the co-authors of a whole bunch of marketing books that I'm a huge fan of, like War in the Boardroom. And, um, and Al was the original co-author of The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, which is one of my favorites. And then Laura joined the consulting business and they wrote books like Visual Hammer and Battle Cry together. Both of them are amazing books. Uh, you know, when, when folks like that have something to say about marketing, I wanna hear it and I wanna hear it right now. Um, I want to get into their world. They draw me into their world. And I think that's what a good thought leader does. They're leading with their ideas. And when they share those ideas, when they're teaching and training and leading you, you want to be led even more. You don't, you're not pushed away because of how much they know. You're not pushed away because they're trying to sell you something, even when they are. They draw you in. 
right? You want to be led by them to where they're going. Like they're going on a journey and you want to go along with them and you want to know what they think about things that are going on in the world of business or the world of uh, marketing today. Those are the kinds of thought leaders that I really look up to. So the lessons that we can take away from this, look, if you're, if you can't help but teach, train and lead, do it, right? That is a strength. Like all the people that I shared with you, you may, you may look at them and go, Hey, like they talked a lot about their stuff and I didn't hear them do a lot of great promotions. They still sell a lot of books, <laughs> you know, um, because people they just resonate with them. So if you feel like you're not always good at promoting your stuff, I think give yourself some grace, give yourself some permission that if you're so driven to teach, train, and lead that you can't help it, uh, indulge that impulse, go for it. And just make sure that at some point you get a good plug for your book or your blog or your podcast or whatever. But get out there and do it. Do what you enjoy. Teach, train, and lead. If that means speaking, if it means being a guest on podcasts, if it means hosting your own, whatever. I think the Microfamous system is a great outlet for that because it basically allows you to just do what you do best and let everybody else kind of handle the packaging and editing and promotion, all that stuff. So I'm partial to that, but how, however you do it, however you find it, give in, give yourself permission to just be that person who teaches, trains, and leads all the time, right? That's number one. And number two is you can design your own life uh, to suit yourself and your personality. You don't have to give in to the demands of others. You know, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago about the boundaries that introverts can set that position us for success and allow us to show up as our authentic self with, with great energy, great personality, um, by kind of putting these boundaries up around our lives. And I think that's something that all of my, my thought leader heroes do in their daily life. You know, some of them have, um, have moved overseas and they have places, you know, in remote countries. Some of them live, you know, right in LA in the thick of it, but they have a place where it's kind of their refuge and they take speaking engagements and do podcast interviews as they, as they come. Uh, but they're not out there on social media every day. So everybody's a little bit different in terms of uh, how they how they design their life. But the lesson here for us is that we can absolutely design our life around our personality. We don't have to change who we are to get the level of success that we want, because you can find examples everywhere of people that have done it a different way and it still worked. Right. And finally, not being driven by the latest marketing trends. That's something we can all learn from. You know, when Clubhouse first came out, a lot of my extroverted friends were extremely excited about it. You know, my co-host on the real estate show was spending hours a day on Clubhouse. You know, he would go for long walks and he'd be on Clubhouse the entire time. I looked at it and was not excited about it. I did an episode about that uh, a month or two ago where I kind of broke down why and what I thought was going to happen with the platform and different things like that. And I just kind of watched it for a bit to see what would happen. And sure enough, it ends up kind of fizzling out. And even the extroverts I know uh, in my life are not excited about it anymore. So it looked like it was going to be this new big thing. And everybody jumped on it. And all of a sudden, you can you see people in their LinkedIn profiles pop up and say they're like a clubhouse you know, expert. And we can teach you how to connect and meet clients on clubhouse and all this stuff. And I thought it was hilarious because that's the, that's the rotation, right? That is the progression that it all goes through. Something gets trendy. Somebody figures out something that works and then turnarounds and, uh, and offers coaching or consulting or an info product about it. It's the way of the world, right? But just because something like that comes along doesn't mean that you have to jump onto it. You know, Seth Godin is not on Snapchat. Seth Godin is not on TikTok. Um, Richard Koch is not hopping on Instagram, right? These folks that are extremely influential in their spaces, um, you know, mostly they, they write books. Uh, I mean, that, and that's one of the best ways to get your ideas into the world. But even for those that uh, may not write a lot of books, like Derek Sivers doesn't consistently write books. He has one small book that I know of that was fantastic, but he's not, you know, he hasn't promoted that in a long time. Um, 
So even if you're not a big book writer, it's not about that. It's about finding whatever marketing form works for you and stick with it for the long haul. So if that's podcasting for you, amazing, great. Uh, if you haven't launched a podcast, obviously reach out to, uh, to us. We've got a whole team that can produce it for you. And, and maybe podcasting will be your thing, your platform where you'll just always have a podcast for forever and ever, amen. I know I will. For other people, it's books and just getting interviewed on other people's podcasts. You know, Jay Samet is fantastic. He's been on my show a couple of times uh, on the real estate side, and he's written some amazing books, um, but he's not interested in having a podcast. He's got so much going on in his daily life, and he speaks all over the world that running a podcast would be a nightmare for him. So he writes his books, and when he has a book to promote, he goes and he is a guest on other podcasts. And, and uh, at the time I interviewed him last time here a few months back, he was coming off of 150 straight interviews over the course of just a couple of months. So for some people, that's their thing. Write the book, do a publicity tour for the book, go back in, work on another book. Whatever that is for you, just understand that you don't have to jump on the latest marketing trend. There is something that you can do that will work for you and that will work for the long haul and stay consistent with it. So those are the three lessons I think we can all take away. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other thought leaders, like I said, um, that could have made this list, but those are the ones that stuck out to me for the way that they run their life the impulse and the drive that they have to teach, train, and lead, and the fact that none of them jump on the latest marketing trends, and yet they all do fantastically well, and not just in the sense that they make sales, but uh, in the sense that years, decades, maybe even hundreds of years from now, you know, people can pick up a book like Richard Koch's 80-20 principle and get something out of it. It can change the world 100 years from now. You know, it might lead to somebody picking up his book uh, the star principle and starting a business in a certain way that they wouldn't have. And the next thing you know, they build the big, the biggest company on the face of the planet. You know, Mark, somebody might, might pick up Mark Sisson's book, you know, a hundred years from now and rediscover ancestral health and, and something like that. Right. I mean, these are, these are people that are going to make an impact long, long after they're gone and can't do marketing anymore. So those are the people that I really look up to and respect. And hopefully you got a lot out of this episode. Like I said, if you were looking to launch your own podcast, if you think that might be the platform for you, uh, just reach out to us, go to getmicrofamous.com. There's a video at the bottom where you can watch and we'll give you an overview of what we do in our agency to help you launch and produce a podcast. Or you can get the Microfamous Fast Track, which gives you all of our tools, templates, and systems to do it yourself internally. So you can get that at getmicrofamous.com and we'll see you on the next episode.